In every generation, there are chosen queers. We alone will stand against the cisheads, the straights, and the forces of darkness. We are the gayers. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers, a podcast where a couple of sorcerers talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount. And uh, you probably want to know about us because you're like, what is this new Buffy podcast all about? Yeah, this is a podcast that started in October of 2020 for us. Uh, We started it as a Patreon only podcast and we are now bringing it to to the public, to the world. And we'll talk more about that momentarily. But first, we're going to like charm you with some information about ourselves like who are you jesse i am a black bisexual nerd living in the post-apocalyptic city of detroit and i love talking about media especially the sort of media like buffy that i become deeply obsessed with and watch all of the and watch the whole series like twice and write a bunch of fan fiction about and just think about constantly (laughs) um yeah and i am lark malachi gray i am a white trans man and i likewise love talking about media so much so that i have made it my career and um truly living the dream truly living the dream i am a professional queer nerd and yeah me and jesse teamed up 2018 and we're like let's let's become professional queer nerds together and we and we did so (laughs) and it's great it's the best y'all get to listen to us talk about buffy the vampire slayer starting in season four because uh adhd no jk (laughs) because (laughs) unlike other podcasts that start a series chronologically we were like we don't want to do that this is this is fun for us let's just go in order of the seasons that we like Mm -hmm. so we started season four because i think both of us love season four like top three seasons for both of us so we're like we got to start there and especially because for whatever reason, a lot of Buffy fans don't like season four, even though so many of the best episodes of the entire series are in season four. And so it's it's very confusing. Besides, people don't like camp, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Defending camp has become an unintentional but central focus of me and Jesse's like, life as media connoisseurs. And I think we realized as we moved through season four, that that was really what we were doing. Like we didn't start out being like, this season is good because it's campy, but we finished being like, oh, that's what's so good about this season is that it's campy. And yeah, so we we covered season four first. And then from here, we're taking turns choosing seasons. So Jesse chose our current season. We're over on Patreon currently covering season two. We don't know what we're going to... Well, I, I do know what I'm going to choose next, but I will not be revealing that until it's time. So you, listener, get to wait in suspense. Yeah, put put your put your, put your your bets in now about what season it will be. I think I've narrowed it down to like two seasons mentally, so but I will not be revealing those either. So. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and so this podcast comes out on the full moon because obviously, and we think that's hilarious and fun. This podcast comes out on the full moon because we are both. So I'm like witches slash sorcerers also. <laughs> yeah, we identify like we introduce our other podcasts, which one is about the Simon Snow series. Um, the other one started its life as a Harry Potter podcast and now is just a whatever fucking media we want to talk about this week podcast. Um, we introduce ourselves on those as queer IRL witches. When we started doing this podcast, Jesse was like, did you know? That in ye olden times, sorcerer was a code word for queer. And I was like, no, but obviously, given that Giles and Ethan Rain are a couple of sorcerers, and so are we, that's clearly how we should introduce ourselves. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's sort of like our brand of podcasting in a nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, um, and we do, I didn't say it because it's not a witchcraft-related podcast, but we do make a, a fourth podcast called The Gay Pirate Podcast, which is about Our Flag Means Death. And on that one, we just say that we're queer IRL pirates, because obviously. Um, and then I think the last thing that we, that you listeners should know, so like, obviously, the episodes that are going to be airing here came out quite a while ago on our Patreon, so that means there are a lot of episodes should you choose to join our patreon that you could binge there however this episode and the next two are new versions of the episode because when we first started we had a third host and then i was like oh it takes so much longer to edit an episode with three people than with two people and i don't have time and so then it, we went back to it being just me and jesse so not only are there lots of uh, episodes for you to binge should you choose to join our Patreon? But there's like an entirely different version of our first three episodes available there to you as well. A, a B-side, if you will, for, yeah. uh, I guess, people who remember when B-sides were a thing. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's I think that's everything to start with, right? Yeah. All right. So with all of that, we should get into what this episode is about. It's the first day of college and Buffy is a bit overwhelmed on busy campus. Willow is in her element and Oz is very chill as usual. So Buffy feels even more alone in her overwhelmed feelings. We get some exposition about the rest of the gang. Giles is an unemployed gentleman of leisure and Xander is on a great American road trip. While buying books with Willow, Buffy nearly manslaughters a hot corn-fed boy who just happens to be the TA of Intro to Psych. How convenient. This won't come up at all in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> uh, Willow and Riley hit it off because nerds, and Buffy slinks away to her dorm room to meet Kathy, her roommate. Kathy is a lot, and she makes mouth noises when she sleeps. Buffy, this is exactly why they make noise-canceling headphones. Anyway... The next day, Buffy has two ego blows back to Brack, so it's nice to just sit back and let Professor Walsh, aka the evil bitch monster of death, introduce herself as the no-nonsense intro to psych teacher. Later that evening, Buffy is just wandering around campus a little bit lost and bumps into a very young Pedro Pascal playing Eddie, who Buffy shares a moment of clueless freshman solidarity. Too bad their blooming friendship will end with him being eaten by a game of vampires who proceed to steal all of Eddie's shit. 
which respect. The next day, Buffy is looking for Eddie in class, but no dice. The RA tells Buffy that Eddie just left, but Buffy finds his copy of Human Bondage, the book Eddie said the previous night was like a security blanket. So, all but sus, the situation. Which, cut to the vampire den where they're all pawing through Eddie's and other victim stuff. And we find out the head vampire is a pitch-perfect 90s alt-rock chick named Sunday. Buffy, meanwhile, needs to get some advice from Giles, but when she walks in, whoops, Dad's got a hot date over. It's a very awkward interaction for everyone involved, but probably most of all for Olivia, let's be real. After this minor freakout, Buffy tries to rustle the cavalry, but Giles has, like, classic rock and the record player, and this beautiful lady who flew all the way from England just to fuck him, so he cannot muster the enthusiasm about one missing student on the second day of school. Buffy goes back to campus and finds Eddie, now a vampire, who she sadly has to stake. Sunday and her gang emerge, and Sunday proceeds to kick the shit out of our heroine, even though vampire killing is normally where she succeeds. Arm busted, Buffy runs away, which is the biggest L of them all. So, with all of this, Buffy heads home, but Joyce has already started storing crates of art in Buffy's room, because it's like day four, and she was not expecting Buffy to come back. Returning to campus, Buffy finds all of her shit in her dorm room gone and an identical note to the one left in Eddie's room on her bed. Rude. So we're at the bronze because there's nowhere else for Buffy to go and at least the band is singing some mopey ass music. But Xander is here and finally someone who understands when the universe shits on you constantly. Uh, Xander actually is comforting, reminding Buffy that she's a fucking badass slayer before it gets gross because Xander. At least he is willing to help her slay Sunday. After some investigating, they find that the vamps are in an abandoned frat house. Xander goes to get weapons and Buffy stays in to keep an eye on them, but accidentally falls through the skylight into the nest. So no element of surprise. Uh, Willow and Oz, meanwhile, are now in Buffy's room, confused as to where Buffy has gone. Thankfully, Xander walks in to correctly explain what is going on and rally the gang. Buffy, meanwhile, has gotten her brew back after Sunday breaks her school protector award and the Scoobies arrive to help, but Buffy's already done her thing. Giles arrives way after the fact to help out, but now it's just moving Buffy's stuff back to her room time. Lastly, the single minion who escaped Buffy's rampage through Sunday's gang, um, he gets tased and surrounded by some ominous mascot soldiers. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, so we do on our podcasts, we do things by section. We do not sit you down and tell you scene by scene what happened in an episode with like some observations here and there. No, we are a podcast by nerds for nerds. And we trust that you have seen these episodes a lot. And we are going to talk about them by theme i don't really know how to describe what our sections are anyway um they have cute names and i also say what each one is about when i introduce it so you'll you'll figure it out we, we do my topics i guess that's I guess. it that's the word <laughs> all right um so listeners come with me now as we enter the bronze where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else so you're walking through the chaos of orientation and Buffy is just being like bombarded by people with like flyers and 
information and whatever and she's like got all this stuff and someone's like have you heard about our lord and savior and she's like Ugh. and then someone else is like come have jello shots and she's like Ugh. and then willow's like you have flyers too like hello what did you get and i just am like really sad because the two things that buffy got set her up to be able to say jello shots and jesus <laughs> Oh my god, you're right! <laughs> missed, missed opportunity. Yeah, and it's a totally Buffy, like, it's a thing Buffy would say. Yeah. I'm actually, okay. <laughs> Speaking of that scene where she's getting a bunch of flyers, when the girl hands her a flyer about Jesus, and she's like, oh, I meant to, but I got very busy. <laughs> 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 what a good response if someone asked you if you've accepted Jesus into your editor, Lord and Savior. <laughs> I'm just like... <sighs> Sally, I don't think it would work if that happened to you in real life, because then they would just keep trying, but... That's true. Um, I My next one is, like, way past that. When Eddie who I love. I love him. Um, he's so awkward, and I am so sad that he and Buffy don't get to be actual friends. I know. It would have been so nice for, to Buffy to have made a friend in college that wasn't related to her job. Yeah, and he like could have become one of the Scoobies eventually, like everyone has to, but like... Yeah. Yeah, just to have a friend who's like, yes, I also am like new and uncomfortable and nervous she needs a friend like that um but the moment where he's like oh security blanket and is like of human bondage and Buffy's like oh I'm not really into porn I'm trying to cut (laughs) way back (laughs) (laughs) where's for the record I think if you're like not like a weird literary nerd I think you would also just be like you know what thank you for telling me about your kinks (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i know you well enough to share with you but like thanks i'm glad we're at this level of interaction i was thinking about that and i'm like what would i have thought when he said that and i like obviously i think i would have been like very confused And I sort of wonder if in my, like, scrambling for, like, what is the appropriate reaction to this, if I would have assumed it was some sort of, like, him attempting to be deep, like, statement about, like, security blankets as, like, some, you know. (laughs) As bondage. As (laughs) not bondage, like, BDSM bondage, but, like, bondage on our, like, souls, you know. Mm -hmm. And I've been like, oh, wow, are you, like, a philosophy major? (laughs) I think I just would have been glad that it wasn't like Catcher in the Rye or like Fight Club or something. Cause oh, totally. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't seem like enough of a red flag for me to walk away immediately. <laughs> I literally have no idea what Of Human Bondage is about. Yeah, I've never read it either. I don't even know what genre of book it is. Actually, well, we can talk about that in the library. Ooh, okay. It's your turn. I know this always happens in TV and movies, but freshman dorms are not that big. Like, the size of Buffy and Kathy's room is out of control big. Oh my god, it's so large. And, like, Kathy makes a comment about it to be like, haha, yes, we're aware this is a unrealistically large freshman dorm, but... Don't they have, like, bunk beds sometimes? I never lived in a dorm. So, 
my school, and actually I feel like even the college my sister went to, it's like the beds are created in such a way where they could be bunk beds or they could be depending on maybe like the size or the layout of your room could be separate beds. Mm-hmm. I had bunk beds when I was living in the dorms because it creates more space. And I guess even the bottom bunks, I'm definitely afraid of heights. But I also had friends who lived in a different part of the building that had, I don't know if it was like a larger space, but at least a like m- less of a rectangle, more of a square space. So they had mm-hmm. beds sort of set up like Kathy and Buffy's. It kind of depends. Yeah, I mean, because it's like obvious for a TV show, you have to have enough space to film inside of the room. But it does kind of seem like if they had done bunk beds, they could have made the room feel smaller Mm -hmm. while still having it be like, oh, this is like bigger than a real dorm would be. But even just the fact of bunk bunk beds would have made it feel more claustrophobic because like two adults who've never met before having to sleep in bunk beds is like a very claustrophobic feeling no matter what. And it's weird because I feel like when you see movies or television shows set in jails, most of the time there's bunk beds. So it's not even like it's a weird way to be shooting, you know, your television show. Because like, I mean, this isn't a sitcom. They're using multiple cameras anyway. Right. I don't know. Um... So Sunday's stoner lackey is so fun. (laughs) I love him. And I don't know if it's supposed to be a pun, but I think it is a pun when he's like, are we going to fight or are we just going to have a monster sarcasm rally? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to be a pun. I want it to be a pun too. (laughs) Because it's really funny. I mean, it's funny no matter what. But, like, obviously, as we say in the theme song of The Gaily Prophet, gay people love puns. They sure do. We even have pins that say that. I just I just love Sunday and her crew. They're just, like, so much fun. Like, the game of them making fun, like, picking out which one of the cliche posters from the poster sale that seems like it's in every college campus ever Mm-hmm. deeply funny to me it's so funny i find it bizarre that anyone would have classical art on their on their walls in college why Go i don't get know a band poster what do you do <laughs> i don't know they were always there and it was always a variety of just like hundreds of different kinds of posters but yeah you'd only ever see like the same like eight but like why just kathy's Celine Dion poster makes so much more sense than having a Monet, you know? Like, go to the mall and get whatever your favorite band is. Get their poster. You know, Blink-182 in their boxers. I had that on my wall in (laughs) high school. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, of course, had a Kurt Cobain poster right over my bed because... I had a, like, section of my wall that was magazine cutouts of Kurt Cobain, but I didn't have a full poster. Though I did have the, like, 27 Club painting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I had a poster that was, like, an image of him from Unplugged. And also I had a variety of magazine cutout collages because Mm -hmm. I was that person. 
-hmm. and then a poster of Trinity from The Matrix, because those are the two people that teenage Jesse was obsessed with, which I feel like (laughs) is all I need to know about what kind of a weird, (laughs) sad goth I was. You missed a word in there, namely bisexual. Yes, weird, (laughs) bisexual, sad goth. Yeah. Um, Yes. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know that, which was even more funny in retrospect. (laughs) Look, we all come into ourselves at at the right time. It's fine. Oh, jeez. Another joke comment from me, Buffy's just thought I'd drop in joke <laughs> is excellent and the fact that no one in Sunday's gang laughs just proves to me that they are deeply boring people even the stoner the stoner should have laughed at least yes yeah, someone should have laughed that's fucking funny yeah I sometimes the Scoobies are a little bit too goody goody because when Xander's like so all this shit in this frat house that's now empty of vampires is just Sitting and it's just like just fucking take it. It's just gonna be thrown away or eaten by rats or nested in by rats. Sander, take as much of the shit as you want. Yeah, I don't know. Why everyone was just like being like, "How dare you?" I'm like, uh Yeah, I agree. I I agree completely. I think that's probably where he gets his disco ball. <laughs> that would make sense. I really hope he does go back and just takes a bunch of shit because it's just i mean it does end with him being like dibs on the rowing machine like i didn't get the impression that xander had been talked out of the very reasonable prospect of going and getting a bunch of nice free stuff yeah yeah i hope he got both the disco ball and the rowing machine to keep up with that very intense upper body he developed between the end of season three and the beginning of season four i mean you know stripping is a lot of work yeah <laughs> it is requires a lot of upper body strength yeah i mean it, it truly does it is it's a full workout like you're an mm-hmm. athlete welcome to the cemetery where we talk about character development do you want to who do you want to start with um let's start with willow She's really blossoming. She's like not even started college yet, but she is in her full, I am a new new person. I am a college student now embodiment. It's just like, it's all here right away. And I just really love it for her. She's, this is where, this is where she's always needed to be. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone who is definitely a, a late bloomer who is like, yes, finally going to college, I will meet my intellectual equals that aren't five to 15 years older than me. Great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if that is not what ended up happening really. But I mean, that first flush of being like, yes, not confined to high school anymore. I just love that for Willow. Yeah. I'm really glad that she has that. Which is uh, such a contrast to the normally more put together Buffy. I mean, yeah, like this whole episode is sort of just like a giant metaphor for Buffy just adjusting to the change of between high school and college. Yes, our our Buffy not doing the best. Yeah, she's just she's just floundering around and Willow just being so confident and Oz being, of course, perpetually chill. And she's just I mean, you know, change is overwhelming. And, you know, her adopted dad is 
having his new lady friend over, which is... <laughs> doesn't help. <laughs> My feelings about Giles in this episode are so conflicted because, like, you know, bathrobe Giles with, like, David Bowie blasting and his super sexy girlfriend, like, yes, yes, yes. But, like... Buffy, get out of my house. You're an adult now. I'm not going to help you anymore, Giles. No, I I am not having that at all. That's such, that's so terrible. Him and Joyce are such bad parents in this episode, and I really don't approve. Yeah, I actually was, I mean, I guess like usually moving day to the dorm is actually a day or two before classes, but yeah, I mean... You definitely think that Joyce would have been a little bit more supportive of, like, her, as of right now, only daughter going to college when it's like, Slayers never go to college. <laughs> True. Yeah, you would think you would be that she'd be a little bit more, like, ready to support her daughter in making this big step that she, like, honestly hasn't been prepared for because it's like, Slayers have an expiration date, you know? And it's like only been four days and she's like, well, I've already moved a bunch of stuff from my gallery into your room, which A, you have a basement, a huge basement, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. B, isn't this literally the, I mean, I guess I don't know anything about running a gallery, but I'm like, pretty sure you have backroom space for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense that it needed to be like, something that would be temporary but it kind of would have been funny if she had like turned Buffy's room into a home gym or something like that that would have made more sense than it being work stuff at least yeah <laughs> Buffy comes back and Joyce also has also has a date over <laughs> <laughs> oh that would have been really good I know and then you know who uh, who comes to sort of exploit Buffy's self doubt but Sunday who is, like, honestly one of the best one-off villains in this show. Absolutely. And not just because she's so hot. Though that doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, Yeah, just, like, the charisma that this actress has it is almost a little bit, like, definitely, like, Spike vibes, I think. Yeah, I agree. And that's just because she's, like, a hot, blonde goth vampire. Right. <laughs> No, she has a, a similar style of quip, I think, and, like, ability to, like, cut, you know? Mm-hmm. To see to see how to make things hurt emotionally in addition to physically. That is a very Spike quality. Yeah. Who is this actor? I've never, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else, but she's fantastic. Yeah, neither have I, which is, honestly seems like a shame. I mean, there's a lot of actors on this show where it's like how did you not become famous thinking of the actor that plays Forrest and why he's not famous oh my god why are you not famous I mean racism but (laughs) he had a big role in the magicians is he still not in other stuff after that Mm -mm. do you want to talk about meeting Riley yeah with his perfect hair his perfect everything this is such a strong introduction for a love interest <laughs> Buffy almost cracking his skull open which I'm like why are those books even up there some 
overly tall person was just like, I'm just going to leave these here. And it's like, that there was, was the person who's handing out the jello shot flyers. Did you see how tall that man was? No, it was not big. <laughs> he was like folded in half to hand Buffy this flyer. He was so fucking tall. <laughs> I was just like, why is this who you sent out? Like, this is the most intimidating person you could possibly have handing out flyers to freshman women. He's like twice their height. Anyway, um, yes, Riley, th- this is like the opposite of the angel meet cute where they're like in a dark alley. He's very standoffish and like, like a cat that just got startled, you know? Yeah. And, and Riley is just like the literal opposite. He's just like, I am a goofy ray of sunshine who loves to talk about psychology and like is gonna befriend your nerd friend because i also am a nerd and my hair is so beautiful and i'm just like yes this is this is perfect you this is amazing yeah raleigh would not give jello shots to uh 17 and 18 year old girls (laughs) He sure wouldn't. No, he would write up the people giving out the cello shots. He he sure would. Which I mean, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I actually love, like, unironically love jello shots, but they're much better if you make them yourself with real juice. <laughs> Ooh. Which is my inner Martha Stewart coming through. Which is like. Mm-hmm. I have not had a jello shot since high school, and I think the only person who has ever made me jello shots is your wife. Um, I don't think they were made of juice though. I think they were made of like no. box box jello. Yeah. I have I have actually made Elsa jello shots with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we put them in we like cut we like put them in like an orange, like a half an orange, and they were orange flavor, then we cut them in the sections. So it's like a Oh my god, that's so fucking fancy. I think it it, it was for a friend's giving. There may be a photo somewhere. Anyway. Yossified jello shots. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I'm bougie. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Oh my god. Uh, um, anyway, Riley wouldn't only give fancy jello shots to people who were of age and knew how to take their alcohol because he is a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that Riley's not like against underage drinking, but I think he is against using questionable alcohol to lure very naive young people yeah like second semester freshmen probably have some drinks at riley's frat house but like yeah in a controlled environment you know yeah who else should we talk about here uh i just want to talk about walsh (laughs) i like literally having like all caps that walsh is such a dyke because (laughs) she like definitely has like I don't know, lesbian in charge energy that I deeply appreciate. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, not really here for anyone in the military, but Walsh could still step on me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as of now, we technically don't even know that she's in the military. So yeah, you know, she's just like a hot dyke teacher with big in charge energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like my dream teacher, honestly. <laughs> I just, it's like the only kind of class I can pay attention is, is one where the teacher is like, you better be keeping up. I'm not lecturing from a textbook. I'm not telling you what you learned in your homework. Like, 
you have to learn what I'm teaching you in class. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> my brain, it's engaged. This is so exciting. Yeah, I also like learning like that, but I also feel like Walsh is not a person who would accept an excuse for a late paper. And I was always like, I have a bajillion clicks for all of my late papers. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Because I, yeah, I think that that is a big problem that, I don't know, I hope that in 2022, colleges are better about getting assistance to students who need extensions. Yeah. Because of brains that we have no fucking control over. I know. It is like truly a miracle that I graduated in four years. (laughs) I've dropped out five times. Uh, I... (laughs) Would have also probably dropped out five times if I wasn't very good at charming all of my teachers. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Welcome to April Fool, where we talk about fashion. I have to say, the first the first day of school, Willow's sweater game, not terrible. No, she's looking great. She's wearing a lot of colors, but they're like, she looks like a sunset. They all, they all work. It's like a gradient. Yeah, it's all very, it's all very complimentary colors for her, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she looks fantastic. Um, we have already touched upon this, but Sunday is super hot and her wardrobe is... 10 out of 10 best dressed vampire award 2000 to 2000 (laughs) (laughs) i yes her look is great i even feel like her like weird little like twisty braids behind her headband which i feel like shouldn't have work still work because she has the confidence to rock what feels like a very ridiculous 90s hairstyle i agree the like 1920s 30s style like curls that she has later are better but like somehow she's pulling off the the goofy little sticky uppy thing that she's doing it feels very like early 90s i think i don't know i feel like i saw a lot of people on like mtv i just feel like there are a lot of people who were like interviewed by Carson Daly, who like had the hairstyle that Sunday is wearing, you know? Yeah. I think I did my hair like very similarly to go to a Green Day concert, probably that same year. So it was definitely having a moment. I did not pull it off as well as Sunday, shockingly. Speaking of people not pulling off a thing, what is going on with Buffy's like flowery sister wife dress that she is wearing? <laughs> Um, I didn't actually mind it that much. The one that she wears for orientation. Yeah, it just felt very like, that's a dress to me. That's fair. Um, I have to say, you know, I don't like Sunday being mean to, to Buffy, but like, I'm team Sunday. She should kill everyone who wears those pants with the little patches on them. <laughs> Sunday is like making fun of her like green sleeveless top and like pink suede jacket ensemble is deeply funny. (laughs) 
because it's like, oh, but she's correct. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, so Sunday got is uh, wearing the uh, better part of the hot topic look of two thousand. <laughs> yeah. And not a pair of like wide leg Jinko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Nicole does keep saying I should get a wallet chain though, which I also wore a lot in high school, which I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to go back to that yet. <laughs> like for practicality or like for aesthetics? Both. Okay. That I definitely got not a hot topic, but like somewhere. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm quite ready to take the flashback all the way there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so this band that's playing at the Browns, mm-hmm. did you notice what they're wearing? I did not. It is, it is <laughs> so interesting. Like the lead singer is wearing a shirt that seems like it's made entirely out of tulle, but like half of the front in like a weird shape is like a section of like the same color blue shag carpeting. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it's really weird. And then the bassist, I think, behind her has this shirt that like someone has just like taken like random stripes of the material and like gather sewn them together. So it like looks like it's patches, but it's like not different pieces of material. It's like all one shirt. It's very weird. Um I will put obviously pictures of all of this stuff in the show notes so people can look at what we're talking about. This is the first time I've ever noticed what the band is wearing. And I was like shocked that it was the first time that I've noticed because it is, it's a lot going on. Um, Yeah, I think I was maybe, well, I was taking my notes and also maybe too caught up in the fact that even though it is late August, early September in California, Xander's wearing a long sleeve shirt and a sweater vest. Both of which look like three sizes too small for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> choices were made not 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 some of the worst choices that we will see but choices certainly not definitely choices were made um yeah my last thing here is the shirt that willow is wearing in the final scene that looks like like every hippie mom's go-to sort of going to the mall shirt from the year 2000 yeah i feel like kathy's kind of wearing a sort of a like spiritual sister shirt to that it has like a weird pattern on in the front of it mm-hmm. and i'm just like what is happening it's just like it's like a vaguely yeah i'm just like what what is going on yeah great great question <laughs> okay do you have anything else uh just want to shout out the first appearance of giles's velvet robe Ugh, i know he looks amazing i know it's like you. It's like I already wanted to like rub my face against his chest, but I'm like with the velvet too. It's just like. Mm. Welcome to the Hellmouth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I'm actually really. Uh, I mean, okay, just the like free the free Jello shots for freshman girls. It's just. nothing good nothing good will come of that and the fact that he's like in the middle of the day orientation handing out flyers about getting young women who maybe haven't drank before to come and like drink and eat an unlimited amount of jello shots which depending on the legality of it are either made with like bottom well vodka or a hundred proof alcohol like can't get you fucked up i'm just like this is this is all bad this is bad 
Yeah. Don't like this like sort of one-off joke about frat boys trying to like get 17 to 18 year old girls drunk. Yeah. And uh, I would like to say that it is made way worse by the fact that Oz is playing that party. Oh shit. I, ugh. Right? I felt betrayed when when Willow was like, I have the jello shot one. Oz was like, yeah, I think I'm playing that. I was like, Oz, no. Like, ooh, maybe not the place you guys should be performing at. Right? Yeah, have some fucking ethics, my man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Xander? Yeah. Xander, he just can't ever just, like, do it right, you know? He always, he's like, I'm doing it right, I'm doing it right, I'm doing it right. Oh, fuck. I think I'm being, like, a really good supportive friend. My masculinity, it's so fragile. Let me say something absolutely disgusting. Why? Why? (laughs) And it's like, Buffy calls him out in a very soft way, where she's like, one of the things I didn't need to know about. But I'm also like, dude, that's fucking gross. This is like your friend who is like coming to you because she's having a hard time. Yeah. She's like letting him off easy for saying a gross thing to her. Yeah, way too easy. I like that she's like, please never tell me about that. I don't think that he feels as chastised by that as he needs to. And I do think that Buffy says it that way because she like recognizes that he's saying it as a response to feeling vulnerable by being kind to her, Mm. which is interesting. But I actually don't think that that should mean that she's not just like, Xander, fucking stop it. You never need, you never need to say that to me. (laughs) Like you, do not tell me that that's fucked up dude yeah 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 like what the fuck uh yeah what's your last thing i'm just done with this like fucking terrible male professor that kicks buffy out of his lecture hall it's like dude it's still like 80 person lecture calm the fuck down you like garbage human yeah he is trash and like that's the kind of shit where it's like this douchebag who, like, got tenure, even though he probably is shitty to, like, so many female students and, like, is probably, like, buds with the fucking, the president of the school. So it's, like, even if people were to complain, nothing would happen. And it's just, like, ah, just fucking leave. Just get rid of him. Yeah. He's just atrocious. I can't believe, I mean, I guess maybe you wouldn't do it, like, in class, but I feel like at least, like, five people dropped that class after that lecture, after seeing how Buffy was treated. I would have. I'd have been like, no way, man, I can't be here. Right, and you would assume, like, a class that large, you're going to have probably a significant amount of people drop it anyway, which is why probably the admissions, not the admissions, whatever the fuck office it is, would have been, like, to Buffy, it's like, yeah, just show up, you know, this there's probably gonna be room. People are gonna drop it on the first day anyway, and like then there'll be room. Like if, if this is like a six person class, it'd be one thing. But if you're in a, like a huge lecture hall, like yeah, people are gonna drop it. It wouldn't have mattered. He just want to be an asshole to Buffy. Yeah, just calling her blonde girl. Ew. I know. Yeah, I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, not a big fan of the fat phobia in this episode. I know it is so garbage. It's yeah. unnecessary. And especially because 
watch a lot of, I've consumed a lot of vampire media. You don't really even see fat vampires that often. And it's like, clearly we need to see more fat vampires. We need to see more fat people in all media, but especially in genre media. And so to have her here, but she's like the butt of everyone's joke is disgusting. Yeah. And like, I want it to be like, she's like a regular ass size person, but I'm just like, and just because she's like not a straight size, it's all of a sudden like, oh, well, you're, none of this shit is gonna fit you. Or it's like, oh, you know, body. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. I think that like in part, they put that in there to be like, look, Sunday's mean. But then Buffy makes a fat joke at the end too. So it's like. Well, this episode was written by Joss Whedon, who is a garbage dumpster fire person. Um, yeah. And if you were wondering if we were going to get into this on this show, we are aware he's a garbage dumpster fire person and you should not admire him because he sucks. So. Correct. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's a a very cruel joke that doesn't serve any purpose besides to be mean to fat people. So. Yep. Gross. Yep. Throw Joss Whedon into the sun. Agreed. <laughs> Welcome to the Magic Box, where we rant about stuff. I just want to start off with my continuing confusion and frustration about how big Sunnydale is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And like, I live in a big city, well, large in space, but smaller in population city. And so this is sort of what I am comparing my experience to but how is Sunnydale big enough to have because we get kind of the sense because we and we get this sort of sense of Sunnydale being small because Buffy is primarily going everywhere on foot obviously mm-hmm. that's a college campus which seems to be far enough away for her to not have ever been out here hence Sunday hunting successfully until Buffy shows up but right. Also, apparently big enough to have a, like, University of California satellite location. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, granted, I actually had to look it up because I'm just like, how many other campuses of University of California are there? And there's some where I'm like, like, where the fuck is, like, Riverside, California? Or, like, Merced, California. But, I mean, the rest of these, like, Berkeley, I mean, like, Berkeley is like a college town. But, like, UCLA, San Diego, San Francisco... You know, those are major cities in mm-hmm. California. And then, like, Berkeley, Santa Cruz, they're, like, mid-sized college towns kind of vibe. And I don't ever know if we've ever gotten, like, mid-sized college town vibes from Sunnydale just because of the limitations of just, like, right, there's only one under-18 eight, like under 18 venue for the kids to ever go to, you know, mm-hmm. which even if you're in a, like college town that has like a couple of hundred thousand people in it there's gonna be more than one (laughs) venue for people to go to who are under the age of 18 you know so i just am confused how they're big enough to have this um and we're like only seeing it now that buffy's in college i don't know this will be a a continuing thing for me to question because i'm just like really just want to know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't it really doesn't make sense. It definitely feels like 
you know, it feels it feels like they're like randomly being a zoo in Sunnydale or like an airport or docks. I don't know. Sunnydale um, just like doesn't make a lot of sense. And maybe because magic, it doesn't exist in the same amount of space <laughs> or time all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, that could be true. I mean, the mayor for it seems like the entirety of it being a colonized piece of land turned into a town was run by a dude who sold his soul to be a demon so yeah yeah and i think you know i i think that mayor wilkins definitely could have like done some stuff to make there be a university of california satellite campus in sunnydale what doesn't make sense is that the town wouldn't have grown larger as a result of that so that's interesting but yeah yeah magic that's my answer Mm -hmm. (laughs) um really not a fan of sunday breaking buffy's class protector award i gotta say i was fucked up yeah it makes me really really sad i know and she like just got that (laughs) yeah and it's like probably the most the single most meaningful physical object that buffy owns you Mm -hmm. know yeah yeah, even more so than Mr. Pointy, because the Class Protector Award isn't associated with anything sad. Yeah. Like, everything else that she has that's important is, like, has heavy memories. But this is just, like, we saw you and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a beautiful... I'm getting all choked up. <laughs> like, I just really... I'm just really sad that it got broken. And it is an eclipse today. And apparently I'm making myself weepy. But there it is. This is just what things are but that sort of emotion for Buffy was what snapped her was what snapped her out of her sort of you know it's what really uh, caused her to really just like be like oh wait I'm not gonna take this in the fucking Slayer (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know which was an important important like finding you know part of be like oh no I can I can handle these changes I can handle this asshole (laughs) Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. She definitely taped it back together. Let's let's be real. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe at some point Willow will magic it back together. Probably. Welcome to Spike's Crypt, where we talk about sexy stuff. Um. I know that chronologically, this is not the first thing, but like emotionally, <laughs> the first thing is Olivia, <sighs> queen of my heart. Obviously, there's a lot of hot people on this show. I feel like Olivia rivals any other hot person on this show. And her walking in just wearing one of Giles' button up and like nothing else showing off her like flawless legs. And it's just like, and you're just like, oh shit, Giles. And it's like, of course you're like, well, yes, this is totally the kind of woman that Giles would be like, have as a fuck buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the one of the hottest people you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She like, she doesn't care that she's not wearing pants. Like, I, that, oh my god, her confidence. She's so hot. I, it is like, 
I can almost forgive Giles for, like, how <laughs> shitty he treats Buffy. Because, like, I mean, yeah, priorities. It's like you understand where his brain is at. And it's like helping Buffy is really low on that list. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like. I wish that he had sent her away in a way that was, like, less Buffy, you're the problem, you know? Yeah. More like, I actually am going to need to follow up with you about this later, because as you can see, I'm, like, very busy right now. Um, <laughs> and less like, Buffy, you're an adult, get out of my home. Yeah. But, like, yeah, no, he's um, got more important things to do right now. Yeah. I I love I love Olivia. She's, like, one of my favorite small character in this show. And I wish we would have gotten more of her. If nothing more yeah. than for me to look at her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> My notes are, like, incomprehensible. <laughs> it's like, it like, Olivia, and then, like, again, in all caps, and then, like, what the fuck, she's so hot. She doesn't care that she's not wearing pants. <laughs> Olivia, again, in all caps, the word ah, with, like, 17 H's. <laughs> just, like... She's, like, some <laughs> random person walked into your fuck buddy's house, and you're, like, not wearing pants, and you're just like, oh, okay, you're not. <laughs> you're not Ripper. <laughs> you're just like, all right. Oh, shit. I can't believe I missed this in the rant section. I'm sorry. I do have something else that we didn't talk about before, which is like, if Olivia legitimately doesn't know that Buffy is Giles Slayer and like all of that, that entire situation looks so fucking sketchy. It's so weird. It's so sketchy. He's like, this was my student. Buffy, do you need help with classes? Right, where it's like, it's it's the middle of the day on, like, a weekday, and, like, a random 18-year-old, like, your ex-student just walks into your house without, like, knocking or anything, and is seemingly very confused and upset when you're, like, meets what is clearly your fuck buddy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope that Olivia was like, what the actual fuck? And Giles was like... Okay, hang on. I'm sorry. I have to tell you about this, like, magical other job that I have. Yeah. I I think this is a scene where they're both, they've just, like, they're just, like, taking a break in between having sex. So they're, like, not totally running on all cylinders. Yeah. (laughs) Like, their brains. They're just, like, because (laughs) Giles, I mean, just take Giles two more days to be, like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) He basically waits until Olivia leaves to be yeah. like, oh shit, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just been in like a scotch and orgasm fugue state, which as he should be, you know? I mean, I would also like to, that would to be like, like what a, what a life, you know? <laughs> um, but Buffy's like, you're very, very old and it's gross. <laughs> um, like she should she should feel like it's gross like that's her dad yes mm-hmm. i i agree that mm-hmm. from her perspective it's gross but like the very very old part i was like i have to look this up anthony stewart head was 46 when this was filmed i was i was about to say because it's very funny because he anthony stewart head is in ted lasso which came out like a couple of years ago where he's i mean 20 years older and playing a character who is like younger women saw this like sexual magnetism too but it's like mm-hmm. he is 
you know, not a, of like an ambiguous age like he is here. It's like he's clearly like an older dude, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just very funny where I'm like, he looks so young compared to like photos of him, you know, working now. Where I'm like, Buffy, you just because he's your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like with like Jenny Calendar where they were dating and like flirting, but it was on on school's property, so very you know safe for work <laughs> yeah yeah this is like not a safe for work no one's wearing clothes so no <laughs> just in a bathrobe <laughs> <laughs> they're just having a snack break mm-hmm. which you like only need if you've been like going at it really hard and are plan to do it again it's like we need to fortify <laughs> yeah some protein don't some eat water. cheese though like it's not the right sex snack break. Yeah, that is that is like one of the least sexiest cheeses. That's that's also sure. true. Yeah, <laughs> a nice charcuterie board, yes, sexy. A very stinky cheese, not as sexy. Correct. Okay, what do you have next? <laughs> we just spent like twelve minutes talking about Olivia, <laughs> <laughs> as we should. Uh, yeah, because she deserves. She deserves it and more. Um, just that Eddie, Eddie totally thinks that Mr. Pointy is either Buffy's vibrator or her dildo. Yeah. Because I've... what else do you think if someone mentions Mr. Pointy? I would be like, do you, are you talking about your dildo? Right. I did I did explain that the human bondage thing is a book, right? Like, <laughs> we're not, that's not what we're talking about. Is this a come on? I'm really yeah. confused. I just want to clarify what's happening right now <laughs> yeah <sighs> uh, so xander i think would have been a great stripper i think that would have been a great career for him yeah i think that if it wasn't for him being just eyeball deep in toxic masculinity um he could have made good might hit gone out of his parents basement much sooner he would still be on the same night schedule that he's clearly already on with Buffy. Mm-hmm. He gets to be, he, you know, that's like such an intense workout. You become really fit. And we've not been introduced to Anya yet. Anya would be so supportive of this career. <laughs> Front and center every night, giving him his own money back. <laughs> right. No, she's encouraging other people to put money into his like, little speedo male panties and being like, yes, put put more money into Xander's underwear. She's just like, has like a drink with like a little, like like a pink drink with like an umbrella in it. And she's just having a great time talking to other ladies and getting more money for her and Xander. It really, it would have been great for both of them, honestly. It would have, (laughs) yes. And like, yeah, just pays so much better than like any other job that he has until he's like running his own construction company. Right. Yes. Xander should have stayed a stripper. He, you know, I I really think it could have really worked out for him in the long run. But he's just, I don't know. It's too gay. It's too unmasculine. Like some combination of both. I don't know. Yeah. And then he's going to watch like Magic Mike 2 and realize that that all could have been him. welcome to the library where we talk about magic and science and magical science 
I have shockingly little science here today. But I do have something a, a little bit about of uh, human bondage, um, which is clearly they just say as a, to have the joke about Buffy being like, I'm not really into porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to make Eddie seem like a like deep dude, mm. like a nice deep dude. It's like, oh, yeah, like this, like really, I don't want to say obscure novel. But interestingly enough, so this is, this novel is like sort of quasi-based on the author's own experience as a gay man living living in the world like after Oscar Wilde's criminal trial. Hmm. So it's like, it's a like gay novel. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so it's not like, I don't know, like weird edgy dude shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh... You guys could have been friends. Yeah. Oh, that would have been nice. Buffy could have had more than one gay friend. Yeah. Willow (laughs) could have had a gay friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, So the only thing that I have here is that I don't, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we often get this sort of like Buffy's like strength and also like healing abilities being impacted by like her mental health that we see here. And I think that is like really cool and interesting. Like, I don't think Sunday bruised Buffy's cheek because Sunday is stronger than every other vampire that has hit Buffy. I think she bruised Buffy's cheek because Buffy was emotionally suffering. Yeah. And it's like how, how real bodies, you know, non-slayer bodies work. Like our immune systems are compromised by stress and sadness and stuff yeah i actually also really appreciated like that being part of it um especially because i think in a lot of ways her like slayer healing is just sort of hand waved with like just the amount of like physical stunts buffy is doing to like be Mm -hmm. like oh she's fine she'll heal like she you know she has slayer healing whatever so yeah to have this where she's just like so upset it's like there's also like physical symptoms of it Mm mm-hmm is really great. Yeah. Do we get more of that? We really should have gotten more of that in season six, I feel like. I don't know if we do. I don't think we do either, which is kind of a shame. Kind of a missed opportunity, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. It might be that, like, at that point, like, her and her Slayer powers have, like, integrated more. Or are somehow reconfigured from the whole being resurrected. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Do you have anything else here? I just have one more thing, which is right. there is a, a Willow makes a joke where she's like, it's too bad that Giles couldn't be the librarian here at UFC mm-hmm. Sunnydale, which has to be a call out of like 90s sitcoms where it's like, if it's about high schoolers and they go to college, it's like somehow magically all of the like teacher adult characters are still like. You can just say Mr. Feeney. It's okay. Okay, yes, Mr. It is Mr. I'm, this is from Boy Meets World, where Mr. Feeney is also a, a college teacher, which even then, as a child watched it, I'm like, really? I know, me too. <laughs> Wait, just... I don't think the math is quite mathing on that one, <laughs> Did that happen in other shows besides Boy, Boy Meets World? I think it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch, okay. but maybe it's because one of her aunts ends up getting together with her, the school principal, maybe? So he ends up like still being a part of her college life. There's probably other examples, but those are the two that I thought of for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like this feels like a direct Mr. Feeney reference that has happened here. And I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of We Are the Gayers. We will see you all next full moon for Living Conditions. We have three other podcasts and Instagram and Tumblr full of excellent memes and a killer merch shop, so make sure you remember to check the show notes for links. Also remember that you can hear episodes two years in advance by joining our Patreon, and until next time. It's the Hellmouth, bitch. Like, what? What?